Amen. I wonder if we can put our hands together. Can we give God a cheer this morning? How many believe that there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved? Amen. How many believe that at the name of Jesus, knees will bow? Amen. Angels sing at the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. How many just love God with all your heart? Amen. You just came ready just to really worship the Lord today and just tell God how much you love Him. Amen. And then, of course, see everyone else, too. <laughs> Amen. No, it's good to see everybody and good to see um, those, uh, you know, who are around. I had a friend text me this morning and from northwest Pennsylvania, and they had a couple inches of snow last night. So I'm really thankful this morning. Just a little extra happy today. And uh, I, was, I was like, oh, bro, praying for you. Anyways, uh, but, you know, and uh, stinks to be you, but no, just, no, it's good. But uh, we're kind of like just thankful that the Lord is just moving in this part of Williamsport. We're just praying for sun. Amen. So, no, it's, uh, it's good and so thankful that it, it just doesn't feel like the end of March. It just doesn't feel like, uh, you know, we're there already, but uh, so excited about uh, the t changing of seasons. How many love the changing of seasons? And some of you just can't get, wait to get out, and others are like, I don't want to be out. And uh, who, who, whatever your, your uh, position is, I don't know, but it's really good. Good to have everybody here today. If you're visiting with us for the first time, we just want to say a great big uh, God bless you and thank you so much for coming. And uh, just uh, whatever the need is in your life, if you're listening online, maybe for the first time, whatever prayer request that you have, any need that you have, we just certainly want to connect with you and maybe we could pray with you and just see God move in your life. And uh, we just hope and pray that maybe something we share today um, or something that we say today and, and something that is done today will really speak to your heart and encourage you in your faith and maybe even answer some questions about Jesus Christ. Amen. And how many are thankful that, man, when you came to the Lord, amen, He didn't leave you like you were. Amen. But aren't you glad that He just took you the way you were? Amen. And some of you just had so many doubts and fears and questions and and uh, but God just changed your heart, didn't He? Amen. And I'm so thankful for the way God saves us, God changes us. You know, as Brother Anthony was talking about earlier, I'm so glad that God doesn't reform you, but He transforms you. Amen. He doesn't leave you like you were. He doesn't whitewash you. Amen. It's a brand new person. Amen. It's from the inside out. And so we're excited about that, and we celebrate that today. I want you just to encourage somebody before you leave church today. Maybe just encourage somebody to be stronger in the Lord, and maybe just uh, a little bit of what you you know, have and just kind of rub it off on somebody else, amen. Just share uh, maybe just a testimony or something with somebody today. Pray for somebody before you leave. Encourage somebody. How many know that's why we came to church? And we came to get built up and strengthened in our faith. And, and, uh, but how many know it takes more than one person to do it, right? Amen, we're a body. And so we believe in uh, body ministry. And so if you're here today and you have a need, we just pray that you won't leave without that need being met today. Some way, somehow, it's going to be met. Amen? How many believe that, right? How many love God's Word? I love God's Word. How many love the Bible? I love uh, the Bible. One of our core values here is that we love the Word of God. We trust the Bible. Uh, I, I, we stake our lives on the Bible. We build our families and, and uh, lives and characters and everything on the Bible. How many believe that? I mean, we just really stand on the Word of God. And we believe it's relevant. We believe it's for today. We believe that God's still speaking today in fresh ways, right? And uh, we still believe that. We still believe in the infallible Word of God. How many know, uh, you know, many people will question this Word. They'll try to destroy the Word. But how many know you can't destroy the Word of God because it's eternal, it's permanent, it's living? Come on, amen. You could burn all the Bibles in the world and the Word of God would still be true. Amen. 
Amen. And so we're excited about that. Let's get into the Word today. I'm going to read out of Deuteronomy. Uh, some of you still struggle saying that word. How many of you ever do that? And I struggle with the next one, Levit- Leviticus. I struggle with that one. And, uh, but we're not going to leave you there. We're not going to struggle with it. But I want, just want to bring out just something to encourage your heart today. Maybe just something to help you grow in your faith a little bit. Um, coming up on the uh, Easter season and just so thankful for that time. It's just a great, great time for us as believers, um, you know, just to reflect and to really think about some things. How many just love that time, right? And uh, just a great season to really just worship the Lord in a fresh way. Uh, for his death, burial, and resurrection. And so we're excited about that coming up. But I wanted to share something today in Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4, if you have Bibles, you can turn, or your device, you can click on your device to Deuteronomy chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 9. I'm going to just read a couple verses, uh, and then we'll pray. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, he opens up talking about the importance of uh, the Word of God and what God had told them and the, the statues, the writings of the Word, the judgments of the Lord, talking about how important they were and how uh, integral it is for them to really follow those words that God spoke. And then in the verse 9, I want to just read part of my text. It says this, it says, Only take heed to yourself and keep your soul diligently or intentional um, about doing the Word of God. And he said this, Lest you forget the things which your eyes have seen, and they depart from your heart all the days of your life. But teach them to your children and to your grandchildren. And in verse 23, he says this, Take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and uh, that you make graven images or likenesses of anything. In other words, you worship things that are not of the Lord, which the Lord has forbidden you to worship. And in verse 31, it says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. How many thank God for that, right? And he will not forsake you, neither destroy you, nor will he forget the covenant of your fathers, which he swore unto them. I want to talk to you today about remind yourself. Amen. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that we should not forget. And he talks here, he says how important it is not to forget the things that the Lord has told you. Don't forget those things. In verse 23, take heed to yourself lest you forget the covenant. And then he says in verse 31, God's not going to forget. And I think it's important that we remind ourselves. How many believe it's important that we remind ourselves? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you today for your mercy, for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you today. Your mercies are brand new. And Lord, we just give you praise today. Lord, this is the day that you made, and we're going to be excited about it, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that you have everything in your power and your control. We give you our our lives today. We dedicate ourselves to you afresh as we come into your house. But Lord, we pray that as we open your book, as we get into the word, that Lord, something will will begin to happen in our lives. Lord, we pray that as the power of your word is spoken today, Lord, the writing of your word will change our hearts. There's just something about your word that has a way of changing our hearts. And so I pray, Lord, that some way or somehow, Lord, that you would do a work through the preaching of your word today, Lord, to bring a change, a transformation in our lives, that we will be strengthened in our faith and that we will give you glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said... 
Amen. I believe there's things in our lives, maybe in the past, that we need to forget. I believe there's things in our life that we need to forget that could cause us pain, that would really kind of, uh, maybe would really ruin our future. There's a lot of things that we need to forget, but the goodness of the Lord is one of those things that needs, needs to remain in our lives every day. In, in Deuteronomy, just, just, just that chapter alone, it, nine times it says, don't forget, in the book of Deuteronomy. Don't forget. Do not forget. Don't forget. Don't let these things slip. Don't let these things leave you. I mean, think about them. Uh, don't forget these things. I mean, no, we need to have a good memory, right? And so we need to remind ourselves. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is reminding the church about communion and the power of communion, the significance of the Lord's Supper. And he goes back to Luke's Gospel and he remembers and he re goes over the account of when Jesus broke bread for the last time with the disciples called the Last Supper. And what did Jesus say when he broke the bread and drank the wine? He said, he said this, do this to remember me. Don't forget me. As often as you do this, you need to remember me. That's what Jesus said. And we're coming up on the, the Easter, which is the celebration of the Passover season, which that's the Last Supper, that's communion, the Passover. And in the Old Testament, the Passover was remember the Exodus. It was all about the Exodus when they came out of Egypt. How many know what the Exodus is? Remember the Exodus. Uh, the writers of the major prophets and minor prophets and psalms wrote about it the exodus it was about the passover but in the new testament the passover was jesus said remember me don't just remember the passover i mean the the exodus jesus said remember me how many believe that the passover is about jesus Come on, he's the blood, the blood that was shed is the blood of Jesus. He's the lamb that was shed before the foundation. He's the one that brought us out with a mighty hand. He's the one that destroyed death, hell, and the grave. He's the one that lead us, leading us into the promised land. Come on, somebody, amen. Passover is all about Jesus, but when they celebrate the Passover, it was all about remembering. Remember the Exodus. But in the New Testament, Jesus said, remember me. Amen. Don't you love the Lord? Amen, and, and love that about the Lord. But you know, I believe that the only thing that stands between victory and failure, success and failure, a win and a defeat, is a good memory. I believe that a lot of, a lot of Christians uh, really kind of are suffering from a bad memory. And that if they would just remind themselves about a few things, that God would give them the victory. That they would get on the other side of their situation and circumstance. And so today I want to encourage you to remind yourself about a few things. So when we talk about reminding yourself, I want to just give you four things uh, today that really talk about reminding yourself. How do we do that? What does that look like? And according to the scriptures. Well, if you look right at here at Deuteronomy, and we just go right from what we read, there's a few things that I could pull out just from that alone. Um, not just what the Bible teaches, but just from this, this reading here in Deuteronomy. The first thing I want to share is this is what we do is to remind ourselves is that it's recall. We have instant recall. We, we have to recall those things. We, we, we kind of refresh our minds about some things. It's like going into how many have just uh, recently gone back on your phone about four or five years and you saw some pictures and you're like, oh my word, I forgot about that, right? How many, you know, you got parents of uh, young kids or teenagers that even a couple years ago was like, wow, I forgot about that hairstyle. <laughs> I forgot. Man, they grew so much. Look at that. I remember that day. Remember that party? Yeah, that trip we took. How many like to do that sometimes? You go down memory lane, as they call it. And there's, there's something exciting that happens there. And sometimes you think about, wow, where are the years gone? My kids are growing up. 
life is passing me by. But, you know, you look back and you think, man, that's exciting, isn't it? You recall those things. So when we remind ourselves about a few things, recall, this is what the Bible teaches us. First of all, we think about what the Lord has done. How many know you need to remind yourself today what the Lord has done? How He brought you out, how He gave you miracles, how He protected you. Look at the children of Israel. Constantly it says, don't forget, don't forget the miracles. Don't forget the blood that was shed. Don't forget how God had dealt with Pharaoh. And don't forget about how He drowned the Egyptians in the sea. Come on, somebody. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you, if you ever got discouraged. Well, we all get discouraged. Let's put it this way. If you got discouraged this week, and then all of a sudden you started reminding yourself of how God's moved in your life, what God did. Man, thank you, Lord, that you saved me. I didn't deserve it, but you did it anyway. Thank you, Lord, you delivered me from that. Thank you that you brought me out of that situation. And, come on, somebody. Anybody in the room? Amen. You need to remind yourself of what the Lord has done. How good God has been to you. All the blessings that He's given you. So many Christians think about what God hasn't done yet. Or the prayers that He still hasn't answered. Man, you need to take your mind off that today and just focus on what God has already done. I mean, you know, when you begin to do that, something begins to happen. Your attitude changes a little bit. Man, discouragement kind of leaves the room and light comes in. And there's a little bit more, a better feeling that happens, right? Come on. Because we think about what the Lord has done. The Bible teaches us over and over again to think about what the Lord has done. In fact, there's three powerful, powerful sermons in the book of Acts. One was preached by Peter, um, Stephen, and then Paul. Um, had preached these amazing sermons. Stephen's being the longest in the book of Acts, chapter 8. Stephen went all the way back to Abraham. I mean, he, went, he stood and he said, I, I, I always think this way, Stephen was getting ready to be stoned. And he said, before I get, die here, I want to preach my last message. Well, wouldn't it be smart to preach the longest message in the world? If you ever read the book of Acts at chapter 8, you'll think, man, this is a long sermon. And I kind of chuckled to myself one time and said, he's probably buying time here. Amen. But on a more serious side, he goes back to Abraham. And he says, look, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he takes them all the way through and goes through David and the promises and how David was that promise of the Messiah and goes all the way through the minor prophets. How many know, amen, that's some of the greatest messages in the book of Acts. What God did. How God brought him out of Egypt. How God spared Israel. How he, he overcame their, their enemies and how he gave them their land. Man, he began to go back. And how many know sometimes you just need to reflect on what God's already done? And, and David had written most of the Psalms. It, the, the book of Psalms is called the Songbook. That's what it is. It's a songbook for our believers. It's the book of Psalms, the songbook for believers. And David wrote most of it. There's five books there. 150 chapters we read. And if you read the book of Psalms and spend time, you'll notice a few things that David focuses on, really, the wonders of God. He focuses on the works of God, the ways of God, the Word of God. How many know ever have, have read that and you thought, man, he's, you know, and I'll throw one more W out there. The wonderful name of God. I mean, I mean, he focuses on all those things, how good God is. Even when he was in a cave and he was being you know, uh, chased after and his life was in danger, he, he kept writing and praising God about how good God was. How, how strong the Lord was. How great of a deliverer he was. And God was going to get him out of trouble. Amen? Come on, how many know today this is what worship's all about? It's not about the music and it's not about the entertainment. It's not about any of that. It's about we're just telling God how good he is. Amen? And so the second thing is, is it, it, here in Deuteronomy it says... You remember and recall how the Lord spoke. 
He spoke out of the bush, the burning bush, out of the smoke. He spoke out of the fire and the cloud, the pillar of, uh, of fire and the cloud. And he spoke out of the mountain. And, and then he says, not just that, but he says the third thing is, is you begin to remind yourself about who you are. You begin to remind yourself, I'm a child of God. I'm bought with a price. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to remind the devil who you are. That, I'm not that person anymore. I'm new in Christ. I'm brand new. I've got a new mind. I've got a new heart. God is healing me. I've got a new father. He's not just my creator. Now he's my father. I belong to him. He belongs in me. And not only that, but I'm in him and he's in me. I mean, no, you got to remind the, yourself about who you are. And that's what, what the Bible teaches us. you got to remind yourself you're God's property. You're God's chosen. You're in God's hands. Everything that happens in your life has God's permission. Amen? How many know you got to remind yourself who you are? Amen? I'm not a failure. I'm not, I'm not a loser. I'm not, I'm not what the world says I am. I, I'm not what my family history says I am. Amen? I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Amen? My, my family struggled with alcohol, but I'm a, I'm, a, amen, I'm a new person in Jesus Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I've got a new nature i got a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind on the inside of me. I'm a new person. Remind yourself who you are. And then remind yourself and bring recall of His covenant. That's what He said here. He said you've got to be careful to remind yourself of the covenant because it's going to slip. Don't get away from it. He said, I've, I mean, it, it, and it says this. And first of all, it was the teachings of the Bible. Second of all, it was the promises of God. In fact, in verse 6, He says you need to observe them carefully. Observe them carefully. That's what the Lord told Joshua. He said, do, be careful to do everything I told you to do. How many of those Christians, we can't be sloppy in our faith? We've got to be careful about doing what God told us to do. And we can't just have a Gillette Bible, cut out the parts we don't want. Amen? We've got to do the whole word. If, if the Lord says that we've got to love people we don't like, we've got to do it. So it's His teachings, and we remind ourselves about His teachings and His Word and His promises. We meditate on God's Word. That's what it means to meditate. You just continue to remind yourself of God's Word over again. You, you, you listen to it, you speak it, you read it. How many know, after a while, you're really going to get the Word of God inside of you? Amen. David said this in Psalms 119, uh, verse 16. He said, I will delight myself in God's Word, and I will not forget it. I mean, no, when you, when you are in God's Word, God's going to remind you of His Word. You're going to constantly be able to remind yourself. You're going to have instant recall. Yeah, God's Word when you go through something. Jesus had such a Word inside of Him that when temptation came and He was at His weakest point, He said, it is written. Amen? He thought about the Word of God. He reminded the Lord of His Word, His covenant. Amen. But more than that, as the Bible teaches us, it's not just to remind yourself of the covenant. The Bible says not just to be a hearer, but a doer. Amen? And so that leads us to a second point about how we remind ourselves, and that is our response. There is a response when you begin to remind yourself of what God has done, how He spoke to you, and He spoke through His Word, uh, who you are in the Lord, His, His covenant, His, His promises. Man, there's a response that comes. And there's just a few responses I want to just share with you today that we need to have when we remind ourselves. Number one, I believe that our worship gets real. When we begin to uh, remind ourselves of the goodness of the Lord and who God is and who we are and what God's done, there's this response of worship. How many know our worship gets real? It's not just you going through the motions, it gets real. It's like, it, it's like, like, wow, Lord, 
And how many know, in order for your worship to get real, the first thing you do is start with thanks. Did you know that thanksgiving is the ignition for worship? That's where it all starts. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. It starts with praise. So the username is thanksgiving. The password is praise. It all starts with thanksgiving. So that's where we start right there. Our response is, our, our, for our worship is thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. Not just in the good things and the high places, but in the good everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen? That's, that's the will of God. So God's will in every situation is to give thanks. So if you want to know what to do, the first thing to do, give thanks. Okay, well, I, I really need an answer here. Start giving thanks. Amen? Come on. Amen. That worship gets real. The Bible, what does the Bible say in Psalms 103? Bless the Lord on my soul and all that is within me. Forget not all His benefits. Start thinking about, Lord, you redeemed my life from destruction. You've crowned me with loving kindness and tender mercies. You've healed me. You've delivered me, right? In Ephesians and Colossians, Paul wrote both times, he said, you have been delivered. Not you will be delivered. You have been delivered through Jesus. You have been set in heavenly places with, with Christ. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? And so our worship gets real. And then our, our hope and our faith comes alive. That's what it's, this is the product of when we begin to worship the Lord. It's like uh, hope and faith come alive. Man, it just, it's there. <laughs> Anybody? I don't, you know, there's times I've worshiped the Lord. I was upset. I was kind of frustrated about some stuff. And it's kind of hard to, to dance when you're mad, but I've done it. Okay? And then all of a sudden, there just all of a sudden, something begins to happen in my heart. Something begins to change. And, it, and it's like hope and faith come alive. It's just this product of worship. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's not just about feeling better about yourself and hooping it up and running around the church. I mean, there's hope and faith there. Amen. And then the third thing about our worship is Jesus becomes the center. See, your response just ignites that worship. And when your worship is ignited, not only is there thanksgiving and hope and faith, all of a sudden, one of the things God wants you to do is your worship should lead you to a place where Jesus is the center. Where Jesus is, is all of a sudden, your focus is on Him, not your problems. Your focus is on Him and not the situation. Your focus is on Him and not how you're outnumbered. Come on, somebody. Jesus becomes the center. Amen. How many love that? Amen. When Jesus becomes the focus. And, and, and that's what it is. And so not only do, you know, is our faith become, or our worship gets real, but then we're strengthening our faith. Our, our faith is strengthened. The Bible says this, and I shared this a couple weeks ago about encouraging yourself in the Lord. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, Wherefore I put you in remembrance. I want you to remember something. Think about it. Remind yourself that you stir up the gift of God that is in you by the laying on of hands. For God did not give you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It starts with remembering. I want you to remember, Timothy, I want you to remind yourself. Right now you're in Ephesus and there's all kinds of idol worship, all kinds of uh, false teachings and false idols and all kinds of garbage going on in that town. But, and, and it's intimidating to be there, but God didn't give you the spirit of fear. God gave you the power of love a power and of sound mind. And I'm going to tell you something. The way that you're going to release it and the way you're going to activate that is you've got to put yourself in remembrance. You've got to think about it. Remember where God has you. Come on, remember. And what does he say later? He says, he says, remember the faith that is in your mother. 
Remember the faith that was in your grandmother. Is that what he says? Think about it. Stir yourself up. Keep that gift stirred up by remembering. I like, I like to think that every time we remind ourselves about the goodness of the Lord, the promises of God, all of a sudden I believe the gift begins to get stirred. I believe the Holy Ghost gets excited. Amen. And we begin to stir up the gift of God in us. Amen. And so I believe that. And I believe that every Christian needs to practice the ability to encourage themselves in the Lord. How many know that's faith? Faith isn't just listening to good sermons on YouTube. Faith is when you get in the Word yourself and you say, this applies to my situation right now. Amen? Come on, that builds your faith, doesn't it? And so I believe everybody's been given a measure of faith, as the Bible says. You just got to exercise it. You've got to put it in motion. We strengthen our faith when we begin to remind ourselves about the goodness of the Lord. Amen. And then the other thing is I've noticed, not just do we strengthen our faith, but we grow in compassion for other people. Because what happens is we begin to see our condition and then, then we look at the condition of other people and say, Lord, I guess I really don't have it that bad. <laughs> How many have ever done that? Kind of just been moping a little bit and thinking you have it really bad and then you met somebody else that's worse off. And he said, Lord, I guess I don't have it that bad. <laughs> I guess I'm complaining a little bit too much. It reminds me of when we take young people overseas, Guatemala and everything, and people lived in these little 8 foot by 13 foot houses. Eight people lived in one house. And, 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 and then, you know, the kids were like complaining that they lived in a 2,000 square foot home. You know, and it, come on. And they got home and they were like, man, I'm thankful for McDonald's. I'm thankful for shoes, Right. Amen. How many, how many know that's what happens? You, you begin to grow in your compassion for other people. And then all of a sudden the savings of, of souls and the mission of Jesus really becomes urgent. You, you begin to think about what's important. And you begin to think about when you remind yourself of the goodness of the Lord. But when you remind yourself of the, the, the commandments of God and what God has for you. Then you begin to think, man, I've got to be about my father's business. I've got to get busy here. I can't just sit around and think about myself. I've got to get busy doing what God wants me to do. Amen? So we remind ourselves. And so not only do we re, is there recall and we think about the Lord, but and there's this response, but let me just throw this out as the third point here, is that is there's repercussion when we forget the Lord. In verse 9, he said, you be very careful. Remember the word. Think about the word. He said, why? Because don't let your heart depart from this. How many know your heart can get away from God? Your heart can be, and he said, and warned me, he just said, look, don't let your heart get away from God. Don't let this depart from your heart. Don't let the words of God depart from your heart. Now, they had few writings back in the day, but this is the book of Deuteronomy. This is part of the, the Pentateuch. They only had a few writings back then. They didn't have the book. <laughs> So what did they have? They had the oral teachings and the oral things that people would pass down. The teachings and the instructions of the Lord. I mean, maybe they were scribbled down on some stone. But how many know, you know, while you're waiting for Joe Schmo, you know, to write the Ten Commandments, that could be a few years. You know what I'm saying, right? So you had to have it through word of mouth. You had to have it through somebody else telling you the word. And he said, whatever they told you, don't forget it. Don't let it go out of your heart. That's what it says, right? And so what is the repercussions of, of not listening or re, not reminding ourselves and not remembering uh, about the Lord? Is, uh, number one is there's forgetfulness settles in. Forget, forgetfulness settles in. And this, and this I could go uh, through this a lot. This is all through the Bible, actually. But when, if we don't remind ourselves, we will forget. If you're like me, you've got a ton of lists. <laughs> and if you don't write everything down, you'll forget something. How many have 
are like me. I'm, I've got to write everything down, and, I'll, and it'll bug me all day. Like, what was that thing? <sighs> right? I'm a note person. I'm a list guy. And so, we, and so that's the way it is. If we don't, if we don't uh, keep it fresh, if we don't keep it in front of our eyes, we'll forget it. And notice the warning about not forgetting here. Notice the warnings that God gives about not forgetting and always remembering. What were some of the warnings? Because you're going to get lost. <laughs> because you're going to start worshiping other things. You're going to start worshiping other idols and other things. And, and you're going to get distracted and, and you're going to become defeated. If you, if you forget what God has told you, forget and get away from it. Man, God's going to allow uh, armies to come and overtake you. Think about it. Look at, look at our personal lives. Man, if we don't remember what the Lord has done and we don't remember the Word of God in our lives, we're going to get lost. We're going we're gonna to get distracted. We're going to start worshiping other things and following other things and allow fear and, and all these things to overtake our lives. Come on, somebody. Amen. Next thing you know, we're just going to find ourselves in a defeated place. And that's why he said, that's why you do it. Not because I'm boss and I told you so, but because, look, there's a reason. You've got to keep this fresh. Because when the armies come against you, you've got to remember my covenant with you. You've got to remember how to battle. You've got to remember, come on, what I said about my promise and the land that you guys are living in. Amen. And can you imagine the children of Israel constantly? The Bible says in Hebrews that for 40 years God was striving with them, work, dealing with them, putting up with them. Their attitude was horrible for 40 years. Can you imagine? Why? Because the Bible says that they forgot the miracles of deliverance. They forgot the provision. They forgot the protection. How in the world do you forget the Lord dividing the sea? Like, how do you forget that? Walking through and seeing the fish. And then how do you forget the Lord swallowing up the entire Egyptian army? How do you forget food from heaven? Like, how do you forget water from a rock? Who forgets that? Think about it. But the Bible says they forgot those things. They wouldn't rehearse those things. They didn't remind themselves over and over. They didn't talk about it. They just said, yeah, it happened. But something else over the Amorites camp, man, that's really going on. And the Bible says, man, they forgot the Lord. How do you forget those things? Think about it. I mean, you know, I don't know. You know, you think about it, in the, in the New Testament, I thought about this, is that there was ten lepers that came to Jesus. Jesus healed every one of them. Ten different lepers, ten different people had the same condition, and Jesus healed ten of them at the same time. That's amazing. And only one of them remembered to thank Him. I mean, think about it. How do you do that? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, we must pay attention, the most careful, give the most careful attention to the things that we've heard so that we don't let them slip, is what the King James says. Other translations say that we do not drift away. That we don't drift. How many know God doesn't drift away from you? God's word doesn't drift away from you. We drift from the word. It slips out of our memory. Come on, somebody. How many know the devil's nature is to steal, but the nature of man is to forget? That's a glitch we all have. Did you know that? We forget. We don't remember. We get in a situation, and, and the Lord said, what did I teach you last time? You're like, I, I don't, I, I forget. Right? And he's like, well, guess what? We're going to have to go over it again. Oh, okay. Right? And how many have gotten to that place in your life, you finally started remembering the lesson you learned the last time? 
And God will allow you to keep going over and over and over until you learn that lesson. And then when you get in that same situation again, you're going to remember what to do. Oh yeah, trust God first. Oh yeah, get in the Word. Oh yeah, put that away. Come on, right? You're going to remember. And so that's what it says. But the devil's nature is to steal. Man's nature is to forget. And so not only do we get to the place where we're forgetful in, in nature, but we, we begin to neglect, and I need to hurry here. We begin to neglect. Forgetting the Lord starts with neglecting Him. When you begin to neglect your time with Him and the Word of God and some things about the Lord, and when you don't remind yourself, you begin to neglect the Lord. Neglecting the Lord doesn't really happen overnight. Many people think, well, I'll just wake up and I just forgot who God is. No, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens when we get distracted and sometimes distant from the Lord. And if you go, you know, weeks or several days without reading your Bible, it just seems like you just get so distant from the Lord and you begin to neglect it and then you forget it. Come on, somebody. I mean, you know, the one, one preacher said dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. <laughs> and, you know, when we, 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 we do that and we, we just neglect the things of the Lord, we neglect the Lord and we, we choose other things instead of Him. And after neglecting, you know, something for so long, you'll just forget it. I mean, because the less familiar you are with something, the less familiar with somebody or whatever, you just forget. You just lose touch, you lose contact, you just forget about them, right? You don't remember anymore. And so that's, that's what it is. And so not only that do we neglect, but then the third thing is that the, um, really the repercussion here is pride is on the rise. Pride comes in. The danger is to be lifted up in pride and self-righteousness. Think about it. Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they've hewned out for themselves broken cisterns that can hold no water. I mean, they just forgot me, the living water. They forgot who I was. And they thought they could do it themselves. They didn't need me anymore. And, and then we become self-sufficient, especially in the time of blessing. When God, how many know we're all desperate for God when you have need? But man, when God starts blessing you, when you're in a safe place, when God starts doing good things, and you don't need that healing, you don't need that, you don't need that, next thing you know, I got this. I got this. In fact, the church in the book of Revelation said, we have need of nothing. And Jesus said, I've got a problem with that. <laughs> I've got an issue with that. The man who, Jesus told the story, the man who filled his barns and kept building bigger barns and filling them up and became very rich. And he said, look what I have accomplished. Look what I have for myself. The Bible says it cost him his life. Think about it. And how many know, and we want to focus, you know, especially as Christians, we want to focus on this. It's not the blessings, it's the blesser. I mean, no, it's not the creation, it's the creator. Is that where we need to point people to? It's not the creation. It's the creator. It's not the blessings. It's the bl How many know it's not the gifts? It's the giver. It's not the feeling of the anointing. It is the anointer. That's what it's about. And so we don't want pride to be on the rise. And so the last thing, the fourth thing is here is that when we remind ourselves is there is repetition. Repetition. I love, you know, I did the four hours, just words. Right? Repetition. So what does that mean? I believe, as we talked about, we need to keep it fresh. Just keep it fresh. Keep the things of the Lord fresh. Keep what God's done fresh. His word fresh. Just keep it fresh. Don't let him slip, as Hebrews says. Keep God's goodness fresh. Keep his word fresh. Keep your mind fresh in the things of the Lord and what God wants you to think about. And then the second thing about repetition, as we read it right here, and I didn't really, I kind of skipped over it fast because I didn't want to, I wanted to hit this the last part. This is really good. I love this. It says, keep it going. Pass it along to your children. You've got to keep it going. 
Notice what it says. Teach it not just to your children, to your grandchildren. What does Peter say about the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost on the, the day of Pentecost? He said, this gift just isn't for you. It's for your children, for your children's children, and your children's children's children. And in fact, he goes, as many as the Lord our God will call. How I many know God's still calling people to be saved? Yeah, amen. And so that's what he said. Why? Because this is a principle when it comes to God. You've got to remind yourself. Why? Remind your children. Keep it fresh. Keep it going. Pass it down. Let them see it in your life. Let them hear it from you. I don't know, this is a very important, very important principle. In Psalms chapter 78, in verse 6 and 7, he talks about the importance of the Word of God, and he says, so you've got to, the, the, so the next generation would know. So you've got to declare the Word of God, is what he said, so the next generation would know. Verse 7, then they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds and would keep His commandments. Amen? Amen? We've got to keep it going, don't we? We've got to pass it along. Notice what he says also to, to young people directly in Ecclesiastes. He says this in uh, chapter 12, verse 1. He says, remember the Creator in the days of your youth. Remind yourself. Don't forget. Because when you get older, you're going to need it. That's what he says. He says to young people, because the days ahead, you've got to remember the Lord. You've got to know who God is at a young age. Then remember Him. Remember His Word. Remember what He told you. Remember how to worship Him. Remember how to seek Him. Remember when you get in trouble what to do, because the day's ahead of you. Think about it. Now how do people, young people remember? How will children remember? Somebody has to tell them. That doesn't make sense, does it? They've got to get the information somewhere. They've got to see it somewhere in order for them to remember. So he says, remember the days, uh, your creator in the days of your youth. Well, young people only remember what they're told or what they're shown. So they have to be shown. They have to be told, right? Come on, somebody. Now, after Joshua, the Bible says that when Joshua was that generation that led people in the promised land, but something very sad happened, very tragic. It says, after Joshua died, there arose a generation that knew not the Lord. Somebody wasn't passing on the goodness of the Lord. Somebody wasn't talking about it. Somebody wasn't teaching their children. Somebody wasn't writing it down. Somebody wasn't remembering. Somebody wasn't rem reminding themselves. Solomon wrote to his sons and he said, Pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Remind yourself of what I'm telling you is what he's saying. And so the only way that we can impact a generation is to impart to a generation. Amen. We've got to keep it going. How many believe we've got to keep it going? Amen. We're not just to remind ourselves, but we've got to teach it to somebody else. We've got to talk about how good God has been, what God has done, how good He is now, what He's going to do, His Word, His promises, His principles. How many know that needs to go, that can be passed along, right? Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? How many believe that, amen, we need to remind ourselves about how good God is? And, and, and sometimes I think you would just get in a situation, maybe you find yourself there, you're discouraged, you're depressed, you're anxious, or you're full of fear. You need to start reminding yourself of the Word of God. Just, just bring it back up. Just recall it. That's all you got to do is just say, God, I thank you that your Word says this. I thank you that you said this about me. I thank you that I'm not this person anymore, but now I'm becoming this person. I'm going to believe it's time to remind ourselves. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? It's time to remind ourselves, amen, of who God is and what He's done. Amen. Let's stand on our feet today. In verse 31, we read it, but this really, in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31, is our motivation. And I want to just leave this with you today. 
about reminding yourself. This is your motivation. This is our motivation. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31, he said this, God remembers His word. God remembers His promises. That's why it's important to remind yourself of God's word, what God has done, because we serve a God who remembers His promise. How many know when you get in a situation, God remembers what He spoke over you? He remembers what His promise is to you. Promise of healing and deliverance and salvation and safety and protection and provision. Come on, and generational blessings. God remembers those things. We serve a God that is very sharp when it comes to His promises. He's not a God that just throws promises around. He gives them to fulfill them. And so every time He does that, we remind ourselves, Lord... You're a God that remembers. You remember your covenant. You remember your word. You're going to stand by your word. When the earth and, and the world is, is going crazy and, and everything's on fire and my world is crumbling, you're going to stand on your word. You're going to remember your promises. Amen? How many believe that? But notice this. It's not just a reflection that we're talking about today. It's a revelation. Here's the revelation. What he did, he can do. What he did, he can do. Hebrews chapter 11 is full of the heroes of faith. And he recounts what God did for them. How God uh, opened the Red Sea. How God provided for them. How, how God did this and God did this. And at the end of it, he said, if he did it for them, he can do it for you. How many know this is our promise today? Amen. That, well, this is why it's important to remind yourself because we're saying, God, if you did it then, you can do it now. If you did it for them, then you can do it for me. How many know the world needs to see if they can do it for you, if God can do something for you, he can do it for me. If God brought you out of addiction, he certainly can bring me out of an addiction. Come on. Amen. Isn't that what it's about? Amen. If God did it for them, he can do it for me. Amen. And this is what motivates us today. And so, but today I want to just close and say, I think the most, most significant thing we can do, we're going to do this before we go. The most significant thing we can do today is remind ourselves about the cross of Calvary. I mean, just the most powerful thing you can do when you get in a situation of sickness and, and, and close to death and, and just suffering is remind yourself of the wonderful cross of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you right now, when you begin, that's why I even told Brother Michael, I said, we want to sing songs about the blood. We want to sing songs about the cross. We want to sing songs about re resurrection and redemption. And why? Because it's all about remembering what Jesus did at Calvary. It's all, why? That's our hope right there. There's our salvation right there. That's our redemption. That's, that's, that's what really life is about for us right there. It's the cross. How I many know it's the gateway and the pathway for us? That's where it goes back. So if you're struggling with worshiping the Lord, just start singing about the cross. Just start singing about the blood. Just start thinking about the sacrifice and the goodness of the Lord. How He carried your sorrows and your sickness and your disease. His death was our birth. His pain was our healing. His burial was our resurrection. His resurrection was our eternal life. The goodness of the Lord is at the cross of Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus said, rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. If we sing anything in one song, if we only had one song to sing and it was about the cross, that would be good enough. Jesus said, don't worry about all these other things that the demons are subject in your name. You get all this power. Focus on one thing. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
Today, I don't know what you have or what you don't have, what you're going through, what, what you're struggling with, whatever, it doesn't matter, what you just came out of. Amen. I wonder if we could just take a few moments, and I wonder if we could just remind ourselves the goodness of the Lord at Calvary. Can we slip our hands up today? Amen. Maybe just lift a hand to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you for the cross. Because it was at the cross you revealed your love. It was at the cross mercy cried out. It was at the cross that grace came alive. Lord, I thank you for the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where you bore my sin. That's where you took my pain and suffering. That's where you carried my sin. That's where it was all about, Lord. It started for me at the cross. That's where I became a new person. That's where resurrection happened for me. That's where I died to my old self and I became alive and new person in Jesus Christ. That's where the old was passed. That's where the new life came in. That's where I was translated from darkness into light. That's where the power of Satan was broken over my life. That's where rich witchcraft and generational curses were broken and I entered into a new covenant with Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the thorns that you took on your head and the whip, the, uh, the scourging that you took on your back for my healing. Thank you, Lord, you saw my disobedience and you carried that. The pain of my disobedience was on you. The, Lord, you, you took the bruising and the beating of my peace was on you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, today for the cross. Thank you for the cross of Calvary. May I, may I never neglect it. May I never forget it. May, I never, may it never get old in my heart and my mind. May the blood of Jesus and the precious blood. The Bible says to, to other people, it's just common, but to us, it's precious. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are the cornerstone. You are the rock of offense, but you're the rock of safety. You're my refuge. You're my buckler, my shield, Lord. You protect me. You're my provision. Lord, when I don't have anything, I have everything in you. Thank you, Lord, that you see my need. You hear my prayer. You know my heart today, Lord. And, Lord, you're going to meet that need. You're going to see me through. Lord, you're going to continue to work in my life. I'm going to reach out to other people. Lord, I thank you for the cross today. Thank you today. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the empty tomb. Thank you for your love and your mercy. Thank you for your grace. I didn't deserve it. I don't know why you did it, but you loved me anyways. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, if we can put our hands together and give God a cheer today. Amen. Amen. So let, let what God has done in your life, let it motivate you to show love and kindness to other people. Amen. And so when we leave this place, let's greet somebody and just show some love. Amen. If you're visiting with us for the first time and maybe you have some questions about the Lord and want to know who Jesus is, we'd love to talk with you. Right up here out of the front, around the front. Is